It's time to have lunch and talk sports. The Jeff Dantzler Show on the Superstations. Outages in the light. It is lunchtime in Athens from beautiful Oxford, Mississippi, my second favorite college town. We are at the beautiful Old Miss Arena, which is new and spectacular. I am here for some Georgia women's hoops tonight. It's the Lady Dogs take on the Old Miss Rebels. And coming up in about 10 minutes, my sidekick on the road, my man Trey Littlefield who was being asked for autographs last night on the square in downtown Oxford. Trey's going to join us. We'll talk some Georgia sports and who knows, maybe a little NFL as well. Big hello, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us as we get started. And thank you to the great Bill Shanks for sitting in the last two days when I was otherwise detained by other Duty. So, hello, lunchtime in Athens from Oxford, Mississippi today on the road, America's greatest college town. Well, I'm in the second greatest college town in America. Big hello to Macon, Montezuma, Warner Robins, Perry, Fort Valley, down into Pinehurst, Rochelle, Waycross, Blackshear, Eastman, Cochran, Hawkinsville, Tifton, Ashburn, Cordill, and the Unadilla, and all our friends on the coast in Savannah, Wilmington Island, out to Tybee Light. And in Brunswick at the beautiful Golden Isles, St. Simons, Jekyll Island, and Sea Island to the 912, the 478 of the 229 from the 70. Actually, what's the area code we're in now? From the 602 today, technically, in Oxford, Mississippi, along with Chris Rogers, our superb producer. I'm Jeff Dantzler, 662. There you go. There we go. 478-646-3776, 478-646-ESPN. Shoot me a tweet at Jeff Dantzler TV. Let me know where you're listening from. We've had listeners from all across Georgia, Florida, the Carolinas, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, New Orleans, Texas, Arizona, California, Portland, Seattle, up north in Chicago, Pennsylvania, New York City, Boston, Mass, Vermont, Mid-Atlantic, Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. This show, The Bill Shank Show, all of our interviews, simply go to thesuperstations.com. They are easy to download and stream. And as I always emphasize, if I can do it, being definitively low-tech, so can you. I want to send out a big hello to my mom listening in in Statesboro, to my dad and my stepmom, Patty, who are with us from Hilton Head. And to my Uncle Joe in Savannah. Looking forward to seeing my parents. They're coming in for my sister-in-law's baby shower. She is due next month. So I'm about to be an uncle. And a big hello going out to our friends from Arrowhead Tool out of Perry, Georgia, located at 629 General Courtney Hodges Boulevard. And a hello to Team Edwards, Larry and Sharon. They are on their way from Milledgeville to St. Simons, and they've got their ears on. A nice win for Georgia basketball last night, beating Vanderbilt up in Music City, USA. So congratulations to Coach White and the players there. And had a losing streak going and lost to some really good teams and a lot of really close games. And I'm hopeful the Lady Dogs can pull off the upset here tonight against the Ole Miss Rebels. One of the big stories out there, don't know if it's official or not, but uh, flirtations at least between the Georgia State University Panthers and Dell McGee who is Georgia's running backs coach, and a lot of rumors out there that he's a a leading candidate uh, to be Georgia State's new head coach. And if he gets it, uh, best of luck to Dell. He has done a terrific job at Georgia. He has recruited and coached a lot of great running backs. And when you think about the backs now, Kirby's staff at Dell McGee was on Kirby's first staff, inherited two of the all-time greats at Georgia, Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb, and then 
brought in DeAndre Swift and Elijah Holyfield, Brian Harriet, uh, Zabir White, James Cook, Kenny McIntosh, of course, Kendall Milton and Dejon Edwards. And uh, hopefully there's that next wave uh, that will be starting for Georgia next year. So we'll see if Dell's still the running backs coach or if Kirby retools the staff and has to make a move. But that's part of it when you have that highest level of success, you are going to have assistants come and go. And that's why every coach out there, he's always got that short list to keeping guys in mind for just who that next assistant may be. But, again, not official that Dell McGee is going to Georgia State. It sounds like he might. And, again, if he does, best of luck to him. Now, I was thinking about it. When you talk about elite, that Georgia running back crop from the, the 2017 Rose Bowl championship team, to have Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, DeAndre Swift was third team. I mean, third team, all SEC, but an All-American caliber back. You had Holyfield and Harry, and were fourth and fifth. And then the 21 national championship team was Amir White and James Cook as one-two punch. Kenny McIntosh was the third-string running back. And you think about Kenny when he was the lead dog the next year on the 22 national championship team, just a great, great player. And Dejon Edwards and Kendall Milton, and we certainly saw what they could do when they were healthy together. Those guys were fourth and fifth string. So uh, we'll see how the running back room looks like for Georgia. Bring in Trevor ATN is huge. A big addition there, and there's some good young backs. And getting Branson Robinson back from entry, that's going to be a big, big addition too. Hated not having him this past year. He, he showed several games as a true freshman for the 22 national champions, what he could do and definitely as Georgia finished off TCU, those two fourth quarter touchdowns caught everyone's eye, I do think. Uh, Georgia baseball, the dogs back in action this weekend against Northern Kentucky. So a soft schedule early, and you're, you're going to see uh, that change in years to come. Now, Georgia does play Tech next weekend. That's what we'll be at Russ Chandler in Athens and then at Cool Ray uh, where the Gwinnett Stripers play. But I, I wanted to mention on Tuesday at the bus yard where Georgia State plays, Charlie Cunnan had himself another day with two home runs, two walks, a single, three RBIs, and four runs scored. So Charlie this year is batting a Ruthian 714. He's 10 for 14. I love doing stats early in the year, projecting them out. Three doubles, two home runs, four RBIs, 19 total bases. His slugging percentage, stay tuned, 1357. He got a single, and his slugging percentage went down. Charlie's walked five times, struck out once, been hit by a pitch once. I think that strikeout was on opening day, in fact. His on-base percentage, and I was tracking this at the game on Tuesday, 800. He has reached in 16 out of 20 trips. Keep it up, Charlie. Keep it up. He's the best player in the country and made a tremendous catch in Georgia's win on Sunday. Uh, here's some numbers I like, too, for the offense. And, again, it's been UNC, Asheville, and Georgia State, but the Bulldogs have drawn 35 walks and struck out 30 times. Dogs have outscored the opposition thus far this season 53-7. to Fifty-three to seven. Charlie Goldstein slated to be the starting pitcher tomorrow night. It is a busy, busy time of year uh, for collegiate athletics. I know for the dogs, we've got fourteen different sports currently competing, and that is terrific. Uh, you might have heard on Bulldogs Live with the second hour on Monday night, and Alan Thomas was talking about it. He was looking at his uh, events calendar. And Saturday, we'll have seven different Georgia teams competing. you got men's and women's swimming uh, going at it in the SEC championships. And uh, always big news. 
coming out of Athens, Georgia. Again, Lady Dogs taking on Ole Miss tonight. That's a 7.30 Eastern time tip-off and a 7.15 pregame show with yours truly. Ole Miss comes in at 18-7 and seven with an SEC record of 8-4. and four. Lady Dogs 11-14, and 2-10. And, and Georgia gave South Carolina all they wanted uh, this past Sunday as Georgia led by seven at the half, led by as many as nine, but the Gamecocks wound up pulling away in that fourth quarter. Again, if you'd like to join us, just shoot us a tweet at Jeff Dantzler TV. And as always, you can give us a call, 478 646 which spells out those letters, coinkadinkly, ESPN, 478 All right, we are coming up about 10 minutes deep into this show. My buddy Trey Littlefield, who is actually a native of the state of Mississippi. You know, when I'm on the road with the Lady Dogs, Trey always sits in. He's had his coffee. He's had his water. He's had his Bloody Mary. He is set to go here this morning as the Lady Dogs take on the Ole Miss Rebels. Thanks so much for being with us today. My name is Jeff Dantzler. Chris Rogers doing his usual great work as our studio host and producer. And that man turned out some love songs back on Valentine's Day. In fact, I might listen to The Flame later today. It is lunchtime in Athens from Oxford, Mississippi. Thank goodness the Internet is working here in America's second greatest college town. Lunchtime in Athens on locale in Oxford from the Old Miss Arena here on the Superstations. Yes, it is. Oh, man. Nothing but the best. little Metal Thursday as we broadcast live from Oxford, Mississippi. Chris Rogers is back in his cubbyhole in the luxurious studios back in Macon, Georgia. My name is Jeff Dancer. My sidekick with me, Trey Littlefield here. As the Lady Dogs get set to take on Ole Miss, you know Trey, he is a friend of the show and is a frequent guest here, especially when the Lady Dogs are on the road. And we always lead with our food. Had a great dinner at Old Miss at uh, Old Venice last night here at Old Miss. And looking forward to some Ajax for lunch today. J.D., always great to, to come back to Mississippi, where I was born and raised, and, and come back to Oxford. I am a little bit offended. You said the second favorite college town yes. behind Athens. Yes. I'm a little disappointed that Starkville is not just a I, notch above Oxford. Starkville's in my top ten. Okay, okay. Little, of SEC college towns? Or? Yes. Okay. Yes. I've got I've got a little more history here in teams, Oxford. But yeah, yes. okay. I've got a little more history here in Oxford. <laughs> so Starkville so. made the top ten. Yeah. No, this is a great place to visit. I tell you, a beautiful arena yeah, here. They uh, really have done a great 9, job. It, it almost looks like a indoor football facility. Mm-hmm. I mean, tall ceilings, uh, kind of stadium-style seating on both sides. So they've uh, – They've come a long way since Ooh. those days at the at the Tad Pad. The Tad Smith Coliseum. It was the worst. And this they've actually got a name for this place now. It's named after a yeah. couple. It's the Sandy and John Black Pavilion at Ole Miss. SJB Pavilion. It was nice yeah. of him to have her name first, because that's what gentlemen do. That is right. That is a southern gentleman. Would yeah. you do that with Sarah, or would your name be first? Uh, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> no comment. No comment on that one. All right, well, let's uh, let's talk some Georgia sports. As I was talking earlier, yeah. 14 different teams in action right now. And uh, we'll lead it off with some hoops. You know, the dogs have been so close. So close. There's a great win last night up in Nashville. Uh, a much-needed win. Had to have it on the road. Always tough to play. You know, Memorial – uh, gymnasium, a different venue. That's a uh, good way to say it. <laughs> you know, your your the benches are on underneath the goals, score stable below the floor. Always tough to play there. So so a great road win. We talked about it a few weeks ago, how Georgia men's basketball, uh, even though they they've lost a lot of close games here lately, was a kind of head of the curve. Had mm-hmm. a really good non-conference schedule. Played some tough teams. Won five in a row. Went on the road at South Carolina, which is a really good team this oh, yeah. year. Really well coached. So. It's good to see them finally, finally break through and, and get a win after losing so many close games. Well, I, I said the other day, I go, we're a good team in a great league. Oh, absolutely. This is, you know, I think I saw a T, I don't know if it's Seth Greenberg, somebody on, on television said, SEC by far the best basketball conference in the country this year. How many teams from the league do you think right now? Listen, anybody, he had, look, Florida Atlantic and San Diego State went to the Final Four last year. Anybody, uh, yeah. Yeah, so who could go? And by the way, how about LSU, the buzzer beater, the, the tip in to beat Kentucky? Like, I still think Kentucky's good enough to make a run the Final Four. I mean, they've made it as an eight seed before. It's Kentucky. They oh, got players. They have the talent, more talent than anybody in the country. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So who do you think's good enough? Tennessee, yes. Oh, Alabama. Alabama, Auburn, Auburn Kentucky. I mean, yeah. I think that what, I don't know with South Carolina. Carolina, I know they made that run back in 2017, but I think that's four teams that are definite contenders. And three, you know, I don't know what Kentucky's seeding would be now, but I think those other three are going to be one, two, or three seeds. I tell you, Alabama's a tough team. Yes. We saw that in Stegman this year, what, jumped out 17-2, jumped up to a big halftime lead. Uh, and and that team just came roaring back there in the second half. Nate Oates does a fantastic job. They, they can shoot from the outside. Um, a really good basketball team. And, of course, Bruce Pearl at Auburn, uh, another. You know, his teams are always – they seem to always make that run late mm-hmm. February into March. Yeah, the, just so many good coaches this league. And, and rumors had it, some of my big blue folks said last year when the the job care sales, they wanted Calipari to take the Texas job and they wanted to hire Nate Oates at Kentucky. <laughs> that was one of the, one of the big rumors. I could rumors. go with Nate Oates or Bruce Pearl at Kentucky. Whoa, yeah, Whoa. That, that would that, be That'd something. be a dangerous combination. That, that would definitely be something there. Uh, yeah, Bruce Pearl's done a great job at Auburn. They, they've got the, the newer arena as well, very yeah. nice. These, yeah. these are the two newer places at Auburn and Old Miss. And, and no doubt those two programs and, and their women's programs yep. as well have certainly benefited from that. They have. They have. They, these are two very similar venues, Auburn and Ole Miss. They, they both seat just over 9,000. They're not too big. Correct. The, the crowd is right on the court. There's not a bad seat in the house. It really creates a, a, a tough environment. Yeah, it's it's about the niceness, and that kind of takes me to a lot of the renovations that are going on at Foley Field. And, and the first stage has been yeah. for the, the players. It's been recruiting lounges, meeting rooms, uh, technology, pitching labs, and that stuff's great. Wow. So you'll see uh, some more of what, what I'd say, quote, unquote, for the fans, uh, some that will be obvious to see from the seats here in the next couple of years. But one of the things that we've talked about, like for us with Georgia baseball, we're never going to be the biggest. I mean, we, we're not going to have a stadium the size of Mississippi but we State. Can be the nicest. We can be the nicest. Yeah. And that's one of the things that Josh has really talked about. And I know Coach West Johnson's really big on analytics, and we've installed some of that software and our new locker room, weight room, stuff like that, which is going to be really big for recruiting. You know, we were uh, we had our athletic board meeting a few weeks ago, and, uh, and I think it was brought up that nearly every facility at the University of Georgia – 
there's some kind of renovation. Or there's a lot project. of shovels in the that, dirt. There's a lot. And that's what you want to be. That's Absolutely. What, that, that's what you want right now. There, there are a lot of bulldozers in the sand or, or shovels in the dirt. So I, I, the, with the indoor tennis, are we? is that almost? It's close. It's close. It, I mean, we are days, weeks away. That is one of the biggest holes I have ever seen when they that, had to tear down gigantic. Lindsay Hopkins and, <laughs> and dig a hole. I mean, they were halfway to China with the way they dug that thing. I thought, wait, am I in Arizona? Is the Grand Canyon? It was, it, yeah. Yeah, but that, I think it just – and Josh, I think one of the things, kind of like we say with, with Kirby, George can always be good in the secondary. Yeah. That, that's that's his roots. He played in the secondary, coach secondary. For Josh, his upbringing was in facilities. So he's got kind of that, that extra yeah. eye for facilities. And, and like I mentioned, I mean, nearly every facility and you talk about the tennis indoor that's so huge for our tennis programs to, to bring the NCA tennis back to Athens which is coming back in 2026 I remember when we hosted it in, in 2017 we had to play the, the mm. finals in that four court indoor facility that just wasn't up to par and so now we've got a first class facility added on to the renovations we had on the outdoor facility uh, I talk about tracks going to get a, a a new facility, softball, baseball, you know, and the, and the, and the out, you know, in the outfit at softball, they're building a new weight room locker room. That's not only for softball. That's for uh, a lot of those other Olympic sports like soccer and sure. things like that. So, yeah, a lot going on as far as facilities at UGA. Well, let's let's talk about the, the baseball and softball teams right now. Of course, you can follow Georgia baseball all season long here on the Super Stations. Off to a four zero start, outscoring yeah. the opposition fifty three to seven, and the power stroke working for the Bulldogs. It was crazy over the weekend. We hit ten home runs, and Charlie didn't have one. Uh, he hit two against Georgia State on Tuesday. Uh, so the Bulldogs have outscored the opposition by a count of fifty three to 7, and the Bulldogs have hit 13 home runs in four games, and a lot of new faces out there. And One of the things that David I talked about, it remains to be seen, I don't know if there's going to be another hitter that maybe has the total year that, say, Connor Tate or Parks Harbor had last year, but I feel like the one through nine is going to be much deeper and much stronger this year. Yeah, and you talk about baseball, softball. We're one of only a handful of programs. Now, it's early mm-hmm. to have two undefeated, te- uh, mm-hmm. un- undefeated teams. So, mm-hmm. so both teams combined to go 13-0 and so far this year. Softball 9-0, and baseball 4-0. You look at softball, they've got wins over number six, Oklahoma State, number 19, UCLA. Uh, number five, Florida State, and Beat that was a twenty to ten. Twenty to ten. And that five game was innings. on. Yeah, that game was on ESPN it on was. Saturday morning. That that got a lot lot of eyeballs. It, on it that did, one. and so uh, we, we saw the consequences of that. Good consequences of that. Georgia up to number three, which is the highest ranking for that program since two thousand eleven. But back to baseball, real real quick. I, I heard you reading before we came on Charlie Condon's uh, stat line. Those were what seven hundred. Uh, 7-14 slugging, 13-57. He got a single in the sixth inning, and his slugging percentage came so, down on Tuesday. His on-base is 800. So, by my math, <laughs> you know, and th- again, those are Jeff Dancer Little League numbers. That's but right. By that's my right. math, if he continues at that pace, 7-14, he's the first pick. He's the first pick. He's the first pick. I talked about somebody coming up with the bases loaded the other day. I said, if that was ever, if that ever happened to me in Little League, there was one thing the coach was going to do, call on a pinch hitter. That's right. <laughs> somebody well, it happened to me. And I, I ran to third base to go into first. Oh, you went the wrong, I went the wrong way. You got yeah. so excited. That's my first at bat, yeah. Oh, well, well, that's all right. You put the ball in <laughs> that's play. Right. That's, that's what, what it's all about. But, yeah, I think with the energy with the Wes yep. has brought in, oh. the recruiting's so good. And, and this year, 
there are a lot of transfers. We got 17 players for the portal, and I think one of the, the deals is with the transition, with everything going so fast and furious. You're always going to get players out of the portal. My guess is that number is going to come down some next year, but he really felt like with the pieces coming back, if he could go get some other pieces, that this team could contend right away this year. Yeah, and you might be right. I mean, you've you've spent a lot of time with, with Wes Johnson. Is there a more likable guy that, you, that you've awesome. worked with? He, he is. He's he is awesome. awesome. What a great representative of the program, and you can see what he's done. Um, already with this, with this and we, we've been I mean really going back for me to, to coach Sapp with coach Polk and David oh. Perno and Scott Strickland we've had great guys as our coach I've been been very very fortunate and Wes is just a great guy because well, it's one of those things too I think baseball coaches I've been around George obviously at other schools most baseball coaches are good guys because yeah. you know what if you're not that's a long season. That's, <laughs> that's, that's hard a, to deal with. That's a long season, yeah, if you're going to be kind of, That's what, 55-game season? Yeah, Ooh. if you're going to be a little jerky or whatever, that's <laughs> that's going to be tough. Yeah, that's gonna, but, but, yeah, I really do like Wes. And, uh, he's done a great job as well of just, just reaching out to yeah. our letterman and embracing that. And that's something that's very important. And you mentioned, you mentioned this year's team, how we're hitting the ball really well. Wes has that pitching background. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm taking a look at, you know, I try to look, is, is, is Charlie Goldstein, is he the Friday night starter? Is, I mean, oh, you're, you're, you're obviously around out. it. Are they yeah. just trying to figure that out right now? I think so. Charlie yeah. went on opening day, and, and I'm assuming he's going tomorrow. Jarvis Evans went yesterday, Leighton Finley. Yeah. And uh, we, we got a transfer, Christian Maragna, who got the start last Saturday. And you know, the thing with Wes is he's going to develop that pitching. He is. I don't know if there's that, you know, Alex Wood, Emerson, Hancock type ace on this pitching set, but I think there are a lot of good arms. And so much of it, Trey, I mean, it's, it's nuts for Georgia, college, majors, you name it. Uh, the biggest name of the game right now, assuming you have competitive talent, is keeping your pitching healthy. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it, it's a, yeah. I mean, we all one throw can change everything. Yeah. And we talk about that with the with the SEC tournament going into the regional. Is it really worth? Right. Well, if that's a whole in, different conversation. But that's no. yeah. Yeah. So did did you happen to see? And I'm assuming basketball is going to. They might have already updated. But so what baseball is going to do? All 16 are going in. It's going to be single elimination. Do you know his basketball announced what they're doing? They haven't announced anything publicly yet. I, you know, I, I would think maybe you're not going to play. You know how with women's basketball we have what's a 16 game schedule. Correct. We play three teams twice, so our rival Florida right. and then two teams on a Defranda. rotation that we play yeah. twice. I think they may do away, and I'm just speaking. Play 15 I don't know anything. plus one. Yes. So, so play we Florida play Florida twice. twice. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know if that's just this year. I don't know if that's going to be the model. Uh, you know what Coach Ave would love? Publicly. I'm going to suggest this and just see how she reacts. I love Coach Ave. Yeah. You know, I think we ought to just play everybody twice, play 30 conference games. Absolutely. Are you out of your mind? Are you <laughs> crazy? <laughs> yeah. She might hit me. She might. Let's play South Carolina, LSU. Yeah, just play them all twice. Texas. Why not? Hit with the top five. Let's play them all twice. Just play them all twice. Yeah. But I'm, so what they're going to do for baseball is the top four get the double bye okay. to the quarters. The bottom four – well, I'm sorry, the bottom eight, so nine through 16 will play day one. Then those four winners will play five through eight. Okay. And then the double bye, You're gonna have those to four await the winners. Me. I know, you really got to <laughs> think about it. So I would assume basketball will do the same thing. Your top four will get the So the baseball, bye. when does the tournament start? What day of the week? You would start Tuesday. on a Tuesday. Yes. And play, you said play those play four. Play four games. So yeah. uh, four teams eliminated, then 
four single teams got a single buy. Yeah. Yes, and they would play those four winners, and those four winners would play the four that got the double buy. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen anything on basketball as far as SEC tournament. See, because the question is, do you do it like that, or yeah. do you just do it where everybody would uh, you would have to win four games, whether you're the one seed or the sixteen? But then that comes down to a scheduling problem because you can't play eight games in one day. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I guess you could. <laughs> you could. start at like well, nine in the morning. We can do what we do uh, NCAA tennis when we host. We do sixteen in one day. That's, so that's it, a busy day. It can be done. It can be done. But <laughs> yeah. so I'm guessing they're going to do that. But you know, that's one of those things we always say: the devil's in the details. Is with, with the conference expansion, the movement of always saying, like, "All right, all right, we got all this new money now. Everybody else figure out the stuff like yeah. scheduling and everything." And I do like one. And um, Alan Thomas brought this up on the second hour. A good point. At least with the scheduling. The football model, they haven't gotten too far out on it. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things, let's see how this goes for a couple of years yeah, and I, see how we like it. Because what you don't want to do is say, all right, here's how it's going to be for the next 20 years. And then if you're two yeah. years in, you realize, boy, this isn't right. That could be better. You give yourself some leeway yeah. there to, to tweak some things. Definitely best, always best to be flexible, be thoughtful, mm-hmm. and, and just see. Yeah, Sound like an athletic director. <laughs> that's right. Be flexible. That's, that's my professional thoughtful. take. That's right. right. <laughs> with, with some foresight on it. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing, too. If you try and make, and, and I, I don't envy Commissioner Sankey, for the, who's no. the best commissioner in sports, there is no way you're going to make all 16 schools perfectly happy yeah. with everything that happens. Well, like I mentioned with basketball, say that we do that, that rotation model where mm-hmm. you're playing one team twice. Well, does that mean that uh, South uh, Tennessee's rival is going to be South Carolina and they've got to play South Carolina Sure. Twice? I mean, somebody's Does that mean get... Kentucky gets Vanderbilt twice? I mean, uh, you know. Right. And so of what course, do you, have to, you almost have to rotate it. You can't, right. All yeah. that stuff can change. Like, I remember Les Miles wanted to do away with – Georgia, Auburn, LSU, Florida, and Tennessee, Bama. See, oh, it's just not fair. Well, when Florida started struggling then, I didn't hear Les Miles talking. I mean, it can be short-sighted. But, like, for me in football, like, we need to play – Florida and Auburn every year. Yeah. Uh, and then, for me, I'd like to play Tennessee and South Carolina. Every- I mean, it's weird for me. We're not going to play South Carolina in football this coming that's season. That's weird. That's really weird. Yeah. I, that's just – the last time that happened was the two years before they came into the SEC in 90 and 91. Wow. So, that's – that's just, and the thing is, too, like from South Carolina's standpoint, we are their second biggest rival. Yeah. So, they really – they really Want need that, that game. Georgia game, especially yes. a home game for South Carolina. They yes. need that Georgia game. I wasn't wild about what they did with the baseball setup. You're playing two permanent starting next year and eight. And I, and I, I don't even remember who ours are. I think it is Florida and Auburn. But Interesting. That's just – I thought 5-5-5. Five, five, and five So, was, by so permanent, SEC you mean that's every year? Every year. You play those two teams. So, the SEC, you play ten SEC weekends. I would have liked a 5-5-5. Five, five, and five. Yeah. You get five you play every year. And like for us, it could have been Florida, Auburn, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Vandy. Yeah. Okay. Play them every year. You play them every year, and then you rotate. You play five one year, then five the next, and then flip-flop when you play them at home. And over a four-year period, you've gotten the deal. But, uh, yeah, they decided to go with two, which does create more of a frequency of matchups. But I talk about this. I mean, me, I, I'm an old dinosaur. I like the league at 10, and uh, for it was at 12 Ugh. for most of my adult life. And then I felt like, you know, c- coming here, or I, I love coming to Oxford, love coming to, to Starkville. You feel like you go to those places at least every other year. And, yeah. and, and you're playing them basically every year. 
and now it's there, there's some gaps. Like we'll be at baseball from Mississippi State this coming spring. I think it's the first time since 2018, maybe. Yeah, I think we opened their new venue. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah we were in early in it. I can't yeah. remember if we were the absolute yeah. first, but we were very, very early in it. So, you yeah. know, I, I miss some of that. And, you know, we, we can all talk about the, the radical changes in college athletics. And I know I've talked about this a lot. I still feel the best thing that could happen is if, if at this current rate, with, with, I do think we got some hope with the SEC and Big Ten getting together. If you say took your top 50 or 60 schools and they all put the TV deals and the money was divided evenly, and then you could get your conferences back to making geographic sense. Yeah, yeah. That- because the, the fact, I mean, listen. Stanford and California are in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, that is utterly absurd. I still absurd. don't know how that's going to work with travel. It's not. I know we talk about that all the time. People are probably tired of hearing about it. But how is UCLA going to go play, play Rutgers? Rutgers? I we mean, how USC is at UCLA men's tennis going to go or, or I, UCLA softball going to go play So that's, a, that's another thing, too, for all of the money, the, the, the extra money, a lot of the travel costs – are going to negate some of that. So then that's also where you think, okay, if the deal I talked about, kind of when you get all the big schools together and divide the money evenly, if they don't go to that, and then basically you could have, you'd go back to where the West Coast schools are all in one league or one division, however you wanted to say it. Just do the football Uh, however you want it, and let's let's have the other sports be based on geography. I just miss a lot of the robberies. I do too. too. Yeah, Yeah. I do too. I can't keep up with what, like, for instance, West Virginia. What conference are they in? They're now? in the Big 12. They, here's they, the, the, they should be in the same league as like Pitt and Syracuse. Maryland. That's be an in the ACC, ACC team? That would, that's the one that still gets me that, more than any because I'll see a couple of years ago, they, they played Virginia in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Well, how's that possible? You're not supposed to play this. Yeah. I'm like, wait, they're in the Big yeah. 10. I always the think one. they're in the – like Gary Williams, you know, he's know. the coach in, in the ACC. Well, and yeah. then I, I think about the mid-major schools and, and how – how much of that has changed? I have a friend of mine who's a great two-sport athlete at Georgia named Jimmy Harrell. He had two daughters. One played tennis, one played volleyball at College of Charleston. And so they were. They used to be in the Southern Conference, so they were playing Wofford and Furman yeah. and Georgia Southern. Teams when they around were, that area. And then their president at the time thought it would be a good idea. They'd make more money if they went to the Colonial. So then all of a sudden he's traveling up to Virginia. <laughs> I mean, it's just so he's playing like George Mason. Yeah, or, it's it's yeah. nuts. And then our our good friend Luke Ned Carney was telling me he brought this up at some point. There are four schools in Virginia. I'm going to butcher one of them, but it was like Old Dominion, Richmond, VCU, and I can't remember who the fourth one was. Uh, VMI. We're, we're, maybe it was. Yeah, we'll yeah, just say that for yeah. the sake of argument. We're all four in four different conferences. <laughs> I mean that's just not right. Yeah, yeah. That's just that, that's, that's just tough. not right there. So I, I just because really for me college athletics have always said it's a volume sport, and that's one of the things I think for the powers that be need to keep in mind with football. Any foot like if I told you right now like all right Trey, you're gonna have a day off. We're gonna eat some good tailgate food and have a couple of cocktails. Would you rather have it? Let's just say on, on an October Saturday. Let's say when the dogs are off. Yeah. You got the day off, and you've got. Auburn playing LSU, Alabama playing Tennessee, Florida playing South Carolina, uh, Texas is playing Oklahoma, uh, Michigan's playing Penn State, and you got Washington and USC. Wow. Or would you rather watch the national championship game? Give me the volume. No question. Yeah. Give me the remote, recliner, yeah. all the food in the world. I'm going to watch about ten games on a college football Saturday. Do Nothing you like think it. 
for the television schedules that and and by the way a great day too because Notre Dame usually starts at 2 30 so if they got a big game one of the things I don't like is all the games seem to be either at noon 3 30 or 7 7 30 I'd like to see them why don't we kick off a game at one kick off a game at two have them staggered because to me I think part of what makes that the first couple days the NCAA tournament so great is it like on day one, you'll have oh. one game. All right, we got two minutes left. This one's got five minutes left. This one's got eight minutes left. They stagger those yep. tip-off times, and it makes for great viewing. And I get it. Probably the, the TV exam, obviously they know what they're doing. They probably feel like, well, we don't want to, quote, unquote, compete with ourselves. But at the same time, I mean, let's face it, in this day and age, everybody's watching multiple yeah. things. I just think having the kickoff staggered would lead to – a more fulfilling viewership. Yeah, and then every game, like the NCAA tournament in basketball, mm-hmm. in the top right corner you got scores of every game going on at that time, and then you just flip back and forth to those games. Absolutely. As they come no, yeah. I, I think we all know fantastic. those opening Thursdays of the NCAA tournament. Oh, I mean, it's so bad. Because that's the, the thing, the too, with, with the tournament, when we talk about volume, for the NCAA tournament, let's face it, the best part of the tournament's the first two days, that yes. first weekend. Yep. It's better than the Final Four. It's better than the championship game. Yep. You're always, when you play that volume of games, you're always going to have upsets. And everybody does a bracket. Yep. And now with the, the, the portal and the one and done, I mean, we talk about the portal for football I and mean, what it's done to basketball with the one and done added in there. I mean, just about everybody's bracket shot by the time the Sweet 16 rolls. I mean, let me, yeah. who had, come on. Uh, Who put Florida Atlantic and San Diego State in the Final Four last well, year? Well, I, I did put have a little, <laughs> No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, nobody, no one. Nobody. Yeah. But that is another thing, too, that hits sometimes in hoops. Everybody, oh, the upset and all this is great and and this and that. But then you you want chalk in the Final Four. Yeah. You you want the big – but, like, there was a Final Four a few years ago. I think it was – was it maybe Duke, Carolina, like Villanova and Kansas? Kansas. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's what – That's what you want. And, and, you know, and I think we're sitting here – you know, watching women's basketball practice, I actually think women's basketball has done a great job of that. You know, you, you look at the last two Final Fours mm-hmm. when you had, what was it last year, LSU, Iowa, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, and you had Iowa beat South Carolina. That was the best basketball game of the year. Men or women. I agree. It, it was a great back-and-forth game. And then you had the, the national championship game with LSU. It was The last two Final Fours for women's basketball have been fantastic. Let, let me ask you a very serious question here. You ready? Yep. Why is it I've brought this up many times, and I'm going to include orange as a shade of red. Okay. That most great football schools, red, red or orange, I call it, most great basketball schools, it's blue. Oh, my goodness. That is a Think great about that. question. You got where, Car- did you, where did you pull Carol- that out I just of? think that, of stuff like that. That is red. I mean, th- you got, well, you yeah. got like, Carolina, Duke. Kansas, Kentucky, UCLA, Villanova, all blue. The, the Blue Bloods. There you go, the Blue Bloods. Wow. And for football, Georgia, Alabama, USC, Oklahoma. You know, if you want to throw in the oranges for like Clemson, Texas, Clemson, Tennessee, yeah. Florida. Yeah. I'm going ha- to spend the afternoon in our hotel before the game. Contemplating about that. that. Yeah. The best blue school for football, I guess, is Michigan. Yeah, Penn State, traditionally. Yeah. I, is that? Yeah, that That's is blue. a dark blue. Yeah. <laughs> You ever heard of tech kind of goes back and forth between blue and black? Yeah. Navy blue and black. They kind of do, yeah. They can't. That, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. This I is perplexing. It, it is. 
That is very – I've never thought about that before. That, that reminds me of one. What, we used to do the five at five back in my 960 days, and uh, one, one of our substitute hosts, my good buddy Adam Wynn, I, I was called a baseball game, and he was on with, with Chris Brave, and he goes, Chris, first question, name me your favorite song that has a color in the title. He's like – Whoa, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah. and like for the next two hours, that's, that's what all they, they talked about. Absolutely. It's like well, an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, like, just well, a you, random. All right, well, you, you got Purple Rain, uh, Blue Eyes. Yeah. Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Blue, yeah, you got a lot of blue in there because of the yeah. eyes there. You got a little red skies like, at night by the fix. So, Is there a great basketball program that has that's red? I would say Indiana. Oh, but they've oh fallen yeah, that's on, right. Yeah, Lu- yeah, yeah. You know, Louisville traditionally. Yeah. But, yeah. I but, mean, the, but the blue bloods. Because I think if you had to say – Historically and current, you'd probably say Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, Kansas and UCLA are the top yep. five programs. Absolutely, and they're all very. I mean, blue. Michigan State, green, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know, but they're but they're not on the level. It's closer to blue though than it is to red. <laughs> green is. It's a shade, yeah, yeah. The color but spectrum. no doubt though, the football, the red thing, the shades of you, red you and have orange. Giving me something to think I, about. I, I always give you stuff. Shoot us a tweet. Let us know where you're listening from, at Jeff Dantzler TV, so you don't get stuff like this everywhere. Right. Uh, we, we, we talked about uh, – I, I hadn't been on since Monday. Uh, talked about the quarterback room some on Monday. Uh, Dale McGee talking about, uh, obviously, flirtations there with Georgia State. Uh, for, for the running back room for George, we've got ATN coming in. I think getting Branson Robinson back, I mean, that was a blow not having him. He showed some bursts last year. And then uh, the national championship game, I mean, those runs he had against TCU, oh. I get it. The, the game was a blowout, and th- they had lost their will to fight. Yeah. But still, he showed you what he Man. could do. I think that guy, if, if presuming he's healthy, he's got a chance to be a really, is, really is good Is there anybody back. else in the country that looks like a running back? Yeah, I mean, look- the body, the build. Everything. Yeah, and uh, he's got kind of that one cut. Yeah. Uh, quarterback, I th- obviously with the way 63-3, to three, baby, in the Orange Bowl. There we the go. way that game went, I thought that was brilliant by Kirby and the staff to start Gunnar Stockton in the second half yeah. and basically have – I know Jackson Muschamp got in at the end, but he essentially played the entire second half just to get him that experience on that stage. And that's going to serve Georgia very well. Yeah, you can't beat that kind of experience in the Orange Bowl mm-hmm. against a, you know, a depleted Florida State team, but still nonetheless a Florida State team that had four and five-star recruits. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, those guys can still play. So, yeah. you know, and I think that's one of those things, and hopefully Carson's healthy all year. But at some point, I just really think that experience there for Gunner, whether it's this season or the next – that's going to pay it's going off. It's going to be huge. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely agree. think it will be. Uh, and running back, getting ATN in, and I, I thought he, he and Montrell Johnson at Florida. I'm like, boy, Come on. I, I like this guy. Yeah. Though. I like this I guy. I hate the portal until it affects me. So yeah. hopefully we can get uh, – hopefully we can kind of stay healthy at that running back spot. Now, I'll tell you, too, he looks like an 80s Coach Dooley fullback to me. I like me some Roderick Robinson, too, big number yes. zero. When big we zero. ran that toss to him, it's like, oh, man, this is taking me back to the 80s. I look at the ah. big fella get I, out know, there. You know, I miss those, those big, burly fullbacks. Me, like, too. Like, like Mike Allstock for Make fullbacks great again. Yes, I let's love do the fullback. it. You know, tight ends made a comeback. Let's make oh, yeah, fullbacks. T- well, yeah, here's the yeah. thing. I, I've always thought when the quarterback is under center, mm-hmm. you have to have a fullback in there if you're going to run between the tackles. Somebody's got to clear out the hole. I agree. You, you've got to I I mean, Most teams, if you're, I don't care what level you're at, if you've got that quarterback under center and just the single back, maybe you pop a big one. But sometimes the numbers aren't there. And the, and the bottom line is, too, in, in football, 
And I remember we went with the jumbo package. This was Kirby's third year at Missouri. We put in eight offensive linemen, and Missouri still stopped us short. And I just remember thinking, I looked at him like, all right, we got eight 300-pounders. They got four out there. And, you know, you got 240-pound linebackers sliding in. Sometimes there's not any space. That's true. <laughs> I mean, these guys are so massively huge. They take up huge. a lot of space. These guys are so massively huge. Uh, but, yeah, I was, again, going back to uh, seeing Gunner and Roderick Robinson. I think Andrew Paul's a good back. And, you know, we'll see. He's got three freshmen coming in as well. But that's yeah, that's one of the things. Too. It just shows you how hard it is to win. We, we've talked about this. We just – we didn't have Brock, Ladd, hmm. Kendall, and Dejan. We barely had all four of those guys healthy at the same time the whole season. It, it was just tough luck. And we still go 13-1 and one and win the Orange Bowl. That's unbelievable. And, and not to have a lot of those guys in the SEC championship game. Or not, yeah, not have they them, weren't 100%. Not have them 100%. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no excuse. But that's not an excuse. No, but, no, but still, no. not having part those guys it. on the field was, was part of no, it. No, it's a factor. And yeah. that just goes to – to, to show how incredibly difficult it is. So, love talking to some Georgia football. All right, Lady yep. Dogs at Ole Miss. All right, tonight. here Chris, we go. Can, uh, Chris, Trey, Chris is our producer. Chris, wake up. Uh, Trey, yeah. can, can, we, can we pull this off here tonight? Can the Lady Dogs pull off the upset of the Well, if, if they play like they played against South Carolina on the road at number one, college game day was there, national television audience on ABC, and we go up by seven at halftime. South Carolina's largest halftime deficit this year, go up by nine in the third quarter, and really hung with them most of the second half oh, yeah. until the very end. If we play like that, we'll win tonight. I agree. You yeah. know, in that game going back, and this, this is just sports, when you're the underdog and you're losing, we were down six. It was 54-48. We had four straight possessions where we didn't score. It had a couple balls yep. hang on the iron. Then they came down and hit back-to-back threes. So we had four chances to cut it to four or three with a three. And then they go three, empty possession, three. And next thing you know, you're down 12 and it's game over. Yeah. And obviously, if you talk with Coach A, you talk with the staff, this season the record has been a mm-hmm. disappointment. But you look back at Sunday, something maybe to hang your hat on to say, hey, we're – a step in the right direction. You know, you, yeah. this offseason, you know, we've signed four top 100 players, go sign some top transfers and get this thing turned around for next year. That South Carolina game was something to build on. And hopefully here in February and March, you know, the stat on Coach Abe over the last three years, of four years of coaching, mm-hmm. 23 and 7 in the month of February. So our teams get better at the end they of the season. They get better toward the end of the year. Just an expert at developing players and getting them better. Uh, throughout the year and throughout their career. And I think that's one of those things, too, and I'm sure football programs have, have said this when they've faced Georgia and I think with our Lady Dogs facing South Carolina, our men with the schedule they've had. For your younger players, it's a great opportunity. you got nothing to lose. And also you're saying, like, listen, this is where they are. You need to put in the work. You could be where they are in yeah. two or three years. There's been a couple of years where we've opened SEC playing basketball with, like, South Carolina or opened with an LSU. I kind of like that. I do, too. Because it's a measuring stick Agreed. For, for the rest of the conference season. And you know, going forward, the, the next 15 games, you're not going to play a better team than that. And so you know where you stack up against the best. Well, Chris Rogers says we're getting long-winded. Chris, you're going to have Ugh. some more poison when we come back. I appreciate you, buddy. Trey, great job, as always, is my yeah. sidekick. Looking forward Trey's father. The Baptist minister going to say say a couple of knee mails for us here today. <laughs> right. He'll be he'll be sitting up here with us today. Well, I've asked him over and over to, to pray for you. So I need it. Hopefully, it's working. <laughs> I need it. Thank you, Trey. Right. Thank you, Trey Littlefield, my sidekick on the road. Thank you, Jeff. Great job. And we'll come back and put a bow on this one. Having a happy 
Thursday, everybody, right here on the Superstations. I love me some Miami Vice back in the day. Still love to wear linen with some colorful shirts, just like Don Johnson. Miami Vice, great guest stars, tremendous music. Glenn Fry was also a guest star on Miami Vice. All right. Just saw the coach's daughter, Savannah Henderson, get ready to play tonight. She hit three threes against South Carolina, by the way. Played well. So she's got a good stroke, as you would think, with a coach's kid. If you're a coach's kid and you can't shoot, better take up another sport. <laughs> got to put that ball in the basket. All right, so we talked about this in college athletics. So much stuff going on right now. I, I think tomorrow, and I'll be, actually be at Foley Field, provided we get home safely tonight <laughs> on the on the old uh, DEI, Dale Earnhardt International Airwaves. And, uh, yeah, well, I think we might even – Maybe sneak peek at the NFL draft zone tomorrow. What in the world are the Atlanta Falcons going to do about their quarterback position? I know that is a popular topic out there on the interwebs as well. And hopefully everybody's technology is coming back up today. Chris, what were you saying with the AT&T? You said they said they have, what, 75% restored. We might have our doubts, but is is that the rumor that's out there? Yeah, according to uh, NBC News uh, about an hour ago, at their last update, uh, 75% of AT&T's network has been restored. I'm trying to find more info on that now. Well, I know 25% that has it. It's sitting right next to me, and he is not <laughs> happy. <laughs> uh, this is, It feels like uh, Kevin Bacon at Animal House. Nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. Well, hopefully they've got everything. Because I noticed there, I hadn't gotten a ton of tweets here today, so I'm going to blame it on that. But, yeah, tomorrow we'll be back at Foley Field talking some Georgia baseball, and uh, maybe some NFL draft as well. (laughs) Who knows? All kinds of stuff going on. And Chris, my friend, you have done a great job today, as we have been, and I'm sure it's all a result of all that stuff technically challenged. Uh, Uh, According to uh, CNN now, uh, some 25,000 AT&T customers are still reporting outages. Well, make it 25,001 still (laughs) reporting outages. How do you have AT and T? Is yours up or down? Um, no, I have uh, Verizon. Thankfully, okay. I do too. So ours is working good. I guess we just did a free ad for Verizon. There, yep. there you go. <laughs> All right, Chris. Great job, my friend. And again, back with you tomorrow from Foley Field as we get ready for some Georgia baseball. Open it up against Northern Kentucky and. Charlie Condon's quest to have an 800 on-base percentage for the rest of the season continues. The best player in all of college baseball. Appreciate you being with us today. Thank you, Chris. You do a great job as always, but I especially like to see the man work when things aren't working because he does a great job. Bill will be with you this afternoon from 3 until 7. We'll have the Lady Dogs for you tonight taking on Ole Miss and Georgia baseball this weekend. I think some brave spring training as well. All right, we'll get you up to date with everything. Good luck tonight, Lady Dogs. Thank you, Trey Littlefield. Thank you, Chris Rogers. I'm Jeff Dantzler from Oxford, Mississippi. See you tomorrow in Athens, Georgia on the Superstations.